On this part two of our discussion on the documentary Shiny Happy People, what can we learn from a teaching that sounds biblical, but it's not? On this slice of fresh bread. Welcome to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville, with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Bread, podcast number 27. Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. He's Pastor Brandon. I'm Pastor Keith. And our last podcast, we were talking about the documentary Shiny Happy People. And it's about the teachings of Bill Gothard and his Institute in Basic Life Principles, IBIP for short, which is based on God's Word. And these are teachings that are based on the Bible, but there's one thing missing. There's no gospel mention. Gothard's training is without the gospel. It's simply an outside way of living. It's a change of lifestyle from the outside, trying to work its way in. But really, it's through the gospel and the Holy Spirit is where we're transformed on the inside, which then leads to the actions, the the works of a truly saved person to live and the last podcast, we were talking about disciplining children and that discipline is really all about restoration. It's to restore as well as punish, to restore to the mom and dad, if you're a child who's being disciplined, and to the Lord. And that's what discipline is all about. And so let's dive back into Bill Gothard and his Institute and in Basic Life Principles. And just to finish up our discussion, Pastor Brandon, we were talking about disciplining children. Just a kind of a side note, what do we make of the fact that Bill Gothard never married or that he he didn't have he never had children it's certainly a weird thing to me that a man who was so adamant about family would never have married and so adamant about you know the the husband and wife relationship would have never married you know i think it would be very easy for us to see that as as some statement of about him uh, but I think it does speak uh, it does it, at some level it does speak about him in terms of who he was and you know the fact that that he wasn't married and I think even you know I think my understanding is is that he was removed from leadership in the IBLP because of of some inappropriate relationships that he had with with some of the ladies and and you read even in the shiny happy people I mean some of the things that were said in terms of inappropriate relationships and so it does make sense that in terms of the focus that he had that he would have been caught in some of those things and so yeah it, what's difficult for me is not so much difficult to understand you know in, in terms of what happened and him getting caught in inappropriate relationships that doesn't surprise me so to speak but what is surprising is how easily it was to get him to get people to follow him, you know, especially when he was saying things that were exactly opposite seemingly of his lifestyle. So I guess it goes to show you when someone is speaking authoritatively, how easy it is to get people to follow. <laughs> that was my next question is how do you think the Bill Gothard sensation even happened? I mean, he was, it was very popular. Because I think people are looking for answers. Mm. Uh, Jim Bob Duggar, you know, I think, you know, he was a young man who was looking for answers. And, and I think that it appealed to him because it was, it was so authoritative in the way Bill Gothard presented these things. 
is so authoritative and, and it seems right. It seems good. It seems like this is what the Lord would want. And it seems like, I mean, so I, I'm being promised this this blessing. And especially when you have a life, you know, maybe you came from a broken home. Maybe these you see these things and they're they're tempting to you because you you want things to be different than, you know, how you were raised. And, and, and we live in a broken world. And I mean, I say that all the time. I mean, we live in a fallen world. And someone who says, I've got all the answers. I have the answers here. This is what you need to do. And this is how you need to live. If you do this, you do this, you do this. I prescribe it for you. You know, this is how it order your life. And if you do that, you're going to be blessed. And when you see people who have those blessings, they, they look like they've got it all together. And you look at your own life and it's, you know, seems like shambles. And you look at someone else's life over here that's following these principles and they, you know, they've got a, a great business and they've got a great house and they've got all these kids and they've got a, a wife that seems to obey them, you know, their every whim and, you know, and, and everybody's smiling and everybody seems happy. Yeah, it seems like that that's the right way to go. And and yet there's a danger behind it because of the motivation of the motivation tends to be, I want to be blessed in these material ways. The, the tendency is, is, and our tendency is to be, it's the flesh. Uh, it appeals to the flesh because, you know, because I want to I want to live in a certain life and I want to be seen in a certain way and I want to avoid certain things, which, again, aren't necessarily all bad things. I mean, it's not a bad thing to want to live debt free. Right. It's not a bad thing to want children who obey. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a, those are not necessarily bad things. It's the motivation behind it. I mean, they are basic life principles, and, and people are successful if you live this way because they're very foundational. Save money, stay out of debt. Well, I mean, we haven't talked about the base, the basic life principles themselves, but, you know, they, I think that's the what's hard is, is a lot of it makes sense. I mean, you know, God has made us, I mean, the first one is design. I mean, God has made us in a certain way, and understanding how God has made us and, and trying to go away from what the culture says and go to what God says. I mean, so that, I mean, there's a, there's, there's something good about that, you know, and so, you know, even the next one, authority, I mean, there's, I mean, there needs to be authority, there needs to be authority structures, and we do operate better in the world when there is authority, right, I mean, when there's, it's the opposite of authority would be anarchy, you know, there's no authority, and that's not right, you know, again, he's, he's using these things in a way that, I mean, they're good things, but it's the motivation that's behind it, right? It's the motivation of why I'm doing it. Again, I want to, I want to obey the Lord because it, because I know he loves me and I love him. And it's, it's out of a love that I obey him. And I know that, that he wants what's best for me. That, I think that's what, I mean, understand if I, if he truly loves me, then he wants what's best for me. And if he says, thou shalt not do this thing, you know, thou shalt not lie, I know that it's best for me to live a life of the truth. If he says, thou shalt not commit adultery, I know that, you know, what he wants from me is, is to live a life of purity, because that's what's best for me, because he loves me. That's my motivation, not because I'm going to find favor in him. And so, again, these, these, uh, these principles, I mean, I have you know, responsibility. Well, I mean, it, it, yes. I mean, there is a responsibility. I mean, it, I have a responsibility in this life, and I have a responsibility to God. I have a responsibility to people who are in authority over me. You know, you're you're a fellow elder, and so I have a responsibility to you. I can't just, you know, I, I that's that's right and good. But again, it's the motivation. And I could keep going in terms of in terms of these basic life principles. But but the idea is that, you know, it, the idea again is a matter of motivation. 
So is it true that our life will go better if we do follow God's precepts? Will our, will our lives be better? I, I think yes. There's no doubt that even, it's interesting, even those who do it with the wrong motivation can see positives in their lives. I mean, we go back to being debt-free and, you know, being a guy that, that doesn't put, you know, the, a lot of li- have a lot of liabilities that way. You know that that that's a better way to live. I mean, and so you know, and and having your children be obedient in terms of how you raise them is a is a good thing. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad thing. So the answer is is that yes, I think that I can live, and 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 I think that I I will be blessed if I follow his wisdom. But I it again it goes back to again the motivation for that. Am I doing it because of fear? Am I doing it because I think that somehow he's going to show there's going to be favor because of what I do? That's not the right motivation. So as we look at this, what is what's closer to being biblical, Bill Gothard's Institute or Scientology? <laughs> well, IBLP may be more dangerous in some ways because because it's closer to the truth. Funny you say that because there's similarities in both of these as far as people who have been in it. There's a similarity in how once they're out of it, it takes them a while to readjust. Yes. Because it is, I mean, I think you said it one time, they are cults almost, or yes. are they cults? Well I, think, well, I think Scientology is a cult. IBLP is cult-like yeah. and if it's not a cult. And so in terms of IBLP, and I said it's because it's close to the truth, I mean, the world is conflating. I mean, when you look at I, a shiny, help, happy people in this documentary, what we have to recognize is biblical Christians. What we have to recognize is the the world is conflating IBLP principles and and the Duggar theology. They're conflating that with biblical Christianity, and that's not. It's not biblical Christianity. It's a works based righteousness, and so it, it's certainly it's certainly cult like. So. But but the danger for us is is that as Christians, as biblical Christians, the, the danger for us is the world is not able to discern the difference. And so when they see a, a documentary like Shiny Happy People, they are looking at you and I as being lumped into that into that world. And you know, you might say, Well, that's lazy or even downright evil to do that and and I would say that there are some people who are doing it knowing that they're doing it, that they're doing it on purpose. You know, even the producers of Shiny Happy People, I think the way that they sequenced things made it look like that, that, we are the, that we're weird and quirky and wrong and legalistic in terms of biblical Christianity. When in reality, we would say the thing, I, mean, I would say, and I know you would say that the things that, that the Duggars were doing and that Bill Gothard was doing was sinful and wrong. I mean, sinful. So we would certainly see a difference between biblical Christianity and, and IBLP, but the way that the producers put it together conflated the two and made it look like that we were we are one and the same. And I think that's incredibly dangerous. I think it was intentional. I don't, I don't think everyone would intentionally do that, right? I don't... I think that there are people who would watch that and they would just fall into the trap. There is a trap there that they that they would just fall into that trap and it wouldn't necessarily be intentional that they do so. But there are people behind that that know the difference and they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, I think the world enjoys lumping things together that are negative 
when it comes to well, when it comes to Christianity, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And then that is that, that is Satan's. Yeah, I mean that is Satan's ploy. And so, yeah, I mean I I think it's it as Christians, you know, those who are listening to this podcast of seeing this and trying to understand how to see it, we need to recognize the truth, right? We need to recognize what the truth is, and recognize that it's the this is the enemy that's coming against the truth, and you know it's not a and I'm not. I don't want to, you know, it'd be a us against them, you know, type of scenario, but but we do need to be wise. We need to be wise in this and understand and try to understand biblical principles, biblical true biblical principles, not IBLP, but true biblical principles and understand what the Bible says about these things and understand why, you know, what is the difference? And you know, we've talked about a lot about liberty, we've talked a lot about legalism, you know what is the difference, and how do we how do we understand the truth in light of these what the world is trying to do? What can we learn from a teaching that sounds biblical but it's not? How do we determine if it sounds biblical? It's really close to being biblical, but it's not. Well, we just def- we definitely need to be discerning. You know, we need to have a right. We need to rightly divide the word. You know, I think that it's critical in our day and age. I do think that there's a deluding, a deceiving spirit that's being poured out, even in the church. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that there is just a ton of confusion out there in terms of biblical what, what biblical Christianity really is, and that there are teachers out there that are twisting the truth. And, you know, we, we know a lot of the names, but I think that even even in situations that we might trust and people that we might otherwise trust, I think that there is confusion that's being sown in the church. And so I don't say that lightly. I don't say that to, to make anybody fearful. I, I just say that we need to be Bereans. Every, everyone I heard uh, talking about Bill Gothard, every one of them said that Bill Gothard was this, you know, incredible communicator. I mean, he had this, you know, these stories and, you know, that he would, he would fill his talks up with all these stories and, and he communicated well. His personality was such that he was winsome. And I think that that is how he was able to, how he's able to shift the authority from scripture to himself without it seeming like he's done that. And, and, and so, yes, I, I do think that ultimately when we listen, when you listen to Bill Gothard, that is the, that's the, if you will, the bait and switch, you know, he's baiting you with, this is what God wants. This is what scripture says, but then he switches it and it's more what, you know, he's a, it's his own application of scripture and not necessarily, you know, where we would say, you know, you use sound hermeneutics to to interpret Scripture, where we would say, you know, that that we need to let Scripture stand on its own, and and you know, we need to understand Scripture first before we apply it. He's made that jump. He he ends up making that jump, and he's teaching his applications as opposed to teaching Scripture. If that makes sense. Yeah, actually, actually, that was my next question. It seemed like he did have bad application, and he was guilty of doing what we call eisegesis. Absolutely. Than an exe- you know. Absolutely. I mean, he would he would take a scripture, and he would he would then make a jump and and apply it. But it was more, you know, what he it was more what he wanted it to say as opposed to what it actually said. The central idea of 
of the IBLP um, is this idea of this, these umbrellas of authority and the fear-based, you know, if you, if you step out of line, you know, that you're now out from under this, uh, this umbrella of authority. The fear, it's fear-motivated. I mean, it's, I mean, it really is works. Yeah. I mean, it really is a, a gospel of works, and, which is no gospel at all. I mean, it's, it, there's no, I mean, it's, it's, it's an abandonment of, you know, the gospel of grace. Talk about Ginger and, you know, the, the interviews that she had. There was at least one that I saw with her husband, Jeremy, I think is his name. Yeah. And, you know, that, that he had, you know, it took him, you know, he did the 60-hour course of, these basic life principles and you know he said it you know at the very beginning a lot of it sounded okay I mean it was just it's it didn't sound necessarily off but then as you got further and further into it it becomes more and more obvious to at least to him you know with in terms of being able to discern it 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 makes it very difficult because it because it does seem right I mean so we need to understand the word and understand it as it was written and you know have proper hermeneutics and not be guilty of eisegesis and not be guilty of, of jumping to application too quickly, that we need to have an understanding of the Word. And I know that's a, that's a tall hill to climb. Not everybody has training, you know, in that way. And, and so who do you trust? I know it's, it's interesting for me, and I, I don't know about you, it's interesting to, to me as I, as I discern what's going on around me, I'm clamoring to know who I can trust, you know, who is actually, who is actually on the right side. And so I can only imagine, you know, as a, a lay person in the church, you know, the, the difficulty of trying to figure out who's telling the truth and who isn't. And, you know, who, who can I trust and who, who do, do I not trust? I mean, m- now more than ever, we need to be Bereans and rightly dividing the word and, those and those who are right who are dividing the word for us we need to be holding them to account to do it well i don't mean holding them account in ungodly ways i mean you know always doubting or or that sort of thing i that's we don't want to do that we don't want to have that kind of spirit about us but at the same time we need to make sure that we understand you know if if a if a person is preaching you know a text and they're come they've come up with an application or a conclusion we need to make sure we understand the basis for that. You know, we need to make sure we understand why they came to that conclusion. And yes, it's going to take hard work. I mean, it's not, it's funny going back to even what Ginger Duggar Vuolo, I think it is. It's, it's funny going back to even what she said. I mean, this, it is harder. I mean, it's, she was, you know, talking about when you have people telling you how to think, this is how you ought to think, then that's easy. Right, I mean that's easy because I, I if I live by this print these principles, I'm things are going to go well. But now all of a sudden you remove that, and it's like okay, well now I have to think for myself. That's very difficult, right? I'm I'm not, that's not easy to do, Keith. I mean it's not, and I and the truth of the matter is is that that's difficult for me. I mean like I'm 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 a trained pastor, right? And I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. If anybody thinks that I am, please know that I'm not. But I understand that I'm, you know, I have more training than most, you know, most people in the church. And I struggle knowing what's right and what's wrong, right? I struggle with some of these things and being able to, to tease out, disentangle the, you know, the things that are right and what's wrong and, and making sure that I'm not falling into legalism, making sure that I'm not falling into, you know, some sort of Christian liberty that basically licensed to sin. I mean, 
I it's it's so hard, and I don't want to I don't want to belabor this and make it sound like it's unattainable. It isn't unattainable, but it takes hard work and it takes discernment and it takes really praying. I mean, if you want, you know, it's funny because you know James. I, I often talk about James, and you know, one, two, through four says, you know, consider it all joy, and talks about trials and trials making us more perfect, complete, really ultimately more like Christ. But then in James 1.5, it says, but if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I'm telling you right now that now more than ever, we need to be going to the Lord asking him for wisdom, that He, we need to be seeking him diligently, asking for him to show us those ways that we are off, that we are following after something that's this, you know, something like this IBLP situation where I'm following after a man as opposed to following after Christ. I mean, begging the Lord to help us. I mean, that's, I mean, again, having this this attitude of, please, Lord, give me wisdom. I need wisdom in this age. I need wisdom in these, in this, in this dark age, in this dark hour, so that I might know how to live and how to, how to, you know, be pleasing not not because I want to find favor in you know with you, but because I love you and I want to I want to live a pleasing life because of my love for you. Yeah, I think you just nailed it when you said, <laughs> "What do we learn from a teaching that sounds biblical and is not?" I think you just said it. We follow Christ. We don't follow a man. Absolutely, even if it's your own husband. Or yeah, your own. You're, you're following. You're following Christ. You're not following your husband in that sense. I mean, obviously, he says to follow your husband, yeah. and and I, I get that. But, but I mean, you cannot. We cannot miss it's as unto the Lord, as to the Lord, and you know. And so, even if you're a, even if you're in a situation, you know, with you know, as a wife, you know, you need to be a Berean. You need to be. You need to be going to the Lord and asking for wisdom and asking Him to help you and influencing your husband in the right way. You know, that I, I do think that you can influence your husband. You know, I do think that you can help make him more godly by, by being more godly yourself and hand, hand, knowing how to handle these things. Absolutely. That's a good way to end it. Bed table. Yeah, bed table. For whatever reason, instead of a nightstand, I call it a bed table. Oh, because I am from Arkansas. What do you have on your bed table? A little glass of water, your Bible, um, clock? A clock and my phone charger, and a lamp. Um, okay. So, yeah. Exciting. Yeah, it's just like anybody else's bed, bed table. I'm picturing like a big ping pong table kind of thing. But <laughs> Anyway, whether it's a night table or nightstand, we need to be good Bereans and we need to understand and, and be in the Word. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.